we call it the ensemble philosophy. Mm -hmm. So if you and I step into step out onto stage together, or we step into a business meeting together, my only job is to have your back, right? Mm -hmm. To make you look good, to support your ideas and your choices and your decisions. And if you fail or you make a mistake, to look for the good in that and extract that and take that somewhere where we can both succeed together. Mm -hmm. And I know if I make you look good, we're going to look good. Mm -hmm. And I also know that you have my back and you'll do the same for me. And it might be two people, it might be eight people, it might be a hundred people, it might be a thousand people in an organization. But if you can instill a culture of ensemble philosophy inside your business where everyone feels like they have each other's backs and is supported, that's awesome. G'day for Rothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous. Those who emanate enthusiasm. They inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward center. My theory is that at times, just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped, and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. Howdy, frothers. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Frothers. Uh, a little bit of a dive back to a conversation that I had with a radical frother named Aaron Thompson at my house, my old pad in Bondi. He's an absolute dude, like all the dudes that we get on this platform. Super influential human and doing lots of cool stuff in the world. There's a lot of... I always find kind of this thread with a lot of people that I've met throughout my life, which is not a coincidence considering I started in advertising, but there's these beautiful brains that were crafted in the in the gnarliness of advertising agencies and in and around advertising agencies. And Aaron's one of those those minds that's gone well beyond the advertising and um, into sort of writing, directing, creative directing, entrepreneurship, positive impact, just all the frothy things. And I actually checked out his website again just before and he's, he's one of those people who've got kind of enough to have four or five cracking resumes if anyone made resumes anymore. But just saying... He kind of makes you feel a little bit bad when you hit his website, <laughs> which is good for the listeners though, because that's super inspirational. Uh, I remember when I first met Aaron, it was actually through uh, Frother number maybe six or seven, Tim Silverwood. And uh, we went for a coffee and we we're just having a yarn about advertising and whatnot. And uh, a few people came up who'd, who'd made it out, who'd escaped and um, we we're having a little chuckle. Sort of around the idea that I don't think anyone in advertising who's on the deathbed sits there and goes, "Oh, geez, that Coca-Cola commercial I made was was really uh, made made life worth living." It's really the stuff that people do after, with the small exception, and there's minute percentages within the advertising industry, marketing, where we get epic, positive impact things happening, such as, I mean, a, an obvious one is Earth Hour. But that's more of a system than an advertising campaign, right? But it did have a beautiful ad campaign, so props to those people who created that. So back onto my point that uh, the most influential people I've met through advertising are now doing other things. And Aaron's certainly one of those people, transferring into positive impact entrepreneurship as well directly with his uh, company Zupa, which I'm actually a member of. We yarn about that. That's pretty frothy. Um, it's positive impact superannuation. Superannuation is pretty boring, hey? They do a really good job of kind of making it a little bit more exciting. Also, 
super frothy his work in founding uh, the Laugh Masters Academy, which is an improv theatre company that operates around Australia, uh, of which I'm a massive fan. I haven't given it a crack yet, but I have bombed a five-minute comedy routine. So I think maybe this might be a little bit of a, a softer landing, maybe with a group of other people who are new to it. So, um, And actually, I'll be posting a short interview soon with another frother who jams on improv theatre as a... He's actually a psychologist and links it to um, group flow, which is actually my favorite type of flow, which can obviously be applied to businesses and project cohesion, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a, an actual part of the Laugh Masters Academy as well, which is radical, which which is how to um, you know bring businesses in and inspire people to, to use improv, uh, the skills and learnings and awesomeness and take it back into your everyday life. And also when it comes to flow, now that I'm just having a little riff on that, um, there was a McKinsey study done where they recorded top executives over a 10-year period and they found that in flow, these executives could have an output up to 500% of their usual creative capacity, which is makes a lot of sense now that I'm kind of speaking it out. You put the two and two together and you've got Aaron's background in improv and then his prolific ability to do multiple things and do them well. So I guess that's how you get five resumes. <laughs> Uh, in this chat, we discuss the yes and principle behind improv, which is probably one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful. And you can tell in Aaron's voice that he's very chill dude, surfer, frother, loves his hobbies, inspired by extreme sports and the importance of having cracking mentors to lean on when you need to. Um, but my favorite part of this jam is actually when we go a little bit deep with a bit of a riff on how significant items can hold memories and epicness of those people who have passed in our lives and inspire us for the rest of our lives, which is probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Uh, and without further ado, I'm just going to get straight into it, even though that was a little bit of a waffle copter. I hope you enjoy this jam of lamb. Uh, it's not too long. It's nice and punchy. And um, yeah, I hope you, you get your froth levels up and are inspired to check out Aaron Thompson and his prolific work beyond this conversation. Yoo-hoo! G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Finding the Frothers. As usual, I have an absolute frother with me today, Aaron Thompson. Welcome to Finding the Frothers, mate. Hey, Benny, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Uh, we only just got connected through another frother, actually, one of your good friends, Tim Silverwood, who's also been on the podcast. And he was just like, you got to go speak to Aaron. Like, the work that you're doing um, includes your Laugh Masters Acad- Academy, which is kind of redefining the improv space in, in Australia. Uh, and there's some really strong links in there with um, business development, and which I'm super interested in the corporate space as well. And more recently, uh, the startup that you created, Zupa, which is kind of making superannuation accessible and fun. And um, I, I signed up and it took me three minutes the other day and I was absolutely frothing because it's a positive impact business as well. So mate, do you wanna give us a little rundown about what you're vibing on and what you're frothing on at the moment? Um, sure. I guess, uh, I mean, obviously LMA, Laugh Masters Academy and LMA Professional Development taking a lot of my headspace right now. Zuper Superannuation has been launched now, I think in market for about five months. So that's been great. I love that you had that experience, uh, that it was easy and you can see how powerful uh, a tool your superannuation can be. And that's kind of the experience and the, the vibe we want people to, to get. And um, we can talk more about that, I guess, down the track, but that's been, those two things obviously take up a bit of my time. Um, the other thing that's like not work related that I'm really into right now that I'm frothing about is ice hockey. Um, I just joined the ice hockey league last uh, a couple months ago, 
And uh, I played roller hockey back in San Francisco and when I was in uni, and I thought I could pick up ice hockey pretty quickly. And the skating part's all right, but the stopping is totally different you know, on rollerblades versus ice skates. So I've been on a really interesting learning curve there. And um, yeah, that's been really fun. And I had no idea that ice hockey even existed in Australia. So a lot of people are giving me weird looks, you know, like what? But yeah, that's, I'm really into that right now. Um, and I'm also just kind of like pretty excited at the moment about a bit of a digital detox over the holidays, you know, um, way too much screen time going on right now. I need to get off and go analog for a bit. Right on, mate. That's conscious consumption. That's one of my big ones on the on the hit list next year, which is how can I minimize or be more effective with my digital time, uh, so so my eyes aren't, aren't going cross-eyed by the end of the day, <laughs> mate. What what, uh, what do you do in your because you're a busy dude? What do you do in your day to day routine that has you you know frothing at your best and at peak performance? There's I guess there's things that I should do that I, that I used to do that I don't do as much as I should now. Um, certainly meditation is a part of it, part of my process or has been, um, yoga is another thing. Um, surfing, rock climbing, those are all things. I think the common thing between them is probably they allow you to kind of turn your brain off and just hyper-focus. Uh, you, you know, when you're out on, out on the water or up on a rock wall or in a yoga class, you're, at least for me anyway, I, I find that I'm not thinking about work or uh, the ideas that are normally pinging in and out of my head at a rapid pace and other times are, are slowed down in that context. And I need that and that's it's really valuable for me. Um, and then I guess the other thing that kind of I get a lot of juice from is TED Talks. Mm -hmm. uh, I try and watch a couple of those at least every day. Um, I feel like, you know, we're a little bit isolated over here. And so for me to be able to just... Uh, be able to tap into some of the most brilliant and passionate, interesting people that way is is a really inspiring tool. Uh, and then probably the last thing is super functional, but for me, I, you know, I have I'm highly distractible, so a good good pair of headphones and mm -hmm. uh, that I can just put on and tune out and focus in is, you know, another another really important part of my process. I'd say. Awesome, mate. Several things cross over there, like surfing, and I'm a massive fan of a TED talk before I go to sleep. Uh, even though sometimes I think that might absolutely scramble my dreams. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's super powerful. Mate, in terms of your network, who is someone that we would call an anchor frother that you can rely on at any stage? Yeah, this is a really good question. I, I, I The first person who pops to mind is um, a woman named Melissa Widener who uh, runs the uh, venture capital arm of NAB Bank. And she's one of the um, people who led around an early investment round in Zuper. And uh, I think she's top of mind probably because we just had a board meeting. Uh, and the thing I, I always think about her is whenever I'm in a room with her, I walk out smarter, mm -hmm. you know, and I just love that. And I think it's, it can be, I look for that in people in general. I'm always trying to surround myself with people who are passionate about what they do. Cause I think passion is attractive no matter what it is, you know, like, um, you know, one of my favorite TED Talks is a guy talking about making bread, you know, mm -hmm. and it's probably like the most boring thing. You probably have it for breakfast every day. You never really think about it. But this bread is this dude's life. Right. And he's passionate about it. You can watch this talk over and over again and and, you know, never look at bread the same way. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, anyway, um, for right now, I'd say that person is Melissa. She's she's been an awesome champion of what we're trying to do at, at Zuper and instrumental in our success so far. Shout out to Melissa then. And mate, that you pretty much knocked it on the head in terms of what a frother is. Because it's got, 
it doesn't matter what someone does, they can froth on anything. And, um, and when you do meet those people who are super passionate and really motivated to make change in the world, like you do with your businesses, uh, it's, yeah, it's just, that's the, that's the energy that we're trying to get. That's the froth transfer that we, that we want to get. <laughs> the froth transfer. <laughs> Mate, uh, hit, hit us up with some music that you uh, are absolutely frothing on. Yeah, I love this question. So I, I had a, a quick look at my Spotify this morning to kind of like actually honestly, there's an answer that I would give you and then there's the real answer. Kylie <laughs> <laughs> you know, Minogue's not on there. Sorry, Kylie. Um, but um, right now I'm into Seb Jr. It's like a house house music, um, listening to some leisure. And uh, I've been circling back to Biggie Smalls a bit. Oh, yeah. um, but, uh, but according to Spotify Me, which is this really cool website I just discovered, which will tell you like, to a, to a percentage like what genre you listen to most and tell you a little bit about your listening habits. So I was checking that out. And uh, according to that, my top artist is J.J. Kale. Uh, and, you know, that's no surprise. He's a, he's a massive, I'm a massive fan of J.J. Kale. If you don't know who he is, he, he wrote a lot of the songs that Eric Clapton made famous. Wow. Um, and um, despite that, he's like a country folk music guy. But despite that, 79% of my tracks, according to Spotify Me, are danceable. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do a deep dive there because JJ's not really danceable. Um, so yeah, um, a lot of deep house, acid jazz, new jazz, hip hop, funk, and Afrobeat is what I'm being told. So, oh, yeah, that's so sick. I do, I do a lot of dancing at my desk. <laughs> mate, you got to dance. You got to let it out. Oh yeah, dance like no one's watching. Uh, mate, so you've, you've built a pretty powerful network over the years. We've actually chatted offline about some of the incredible people that you've met. Is there someone just outside of your inner circle that you've been admiring for a while and would love to contact or or yeah, have a have a frothy or a coffee with? Yeah, totally. There's actually a bunch of people. So one of the things with Laugh Masters Academy is we've been going since uh, 2012 in Sydney and since 2017 in Melbourne. And our biggest challenge with the school and the training center is uh, is a venue, having our own home. Uh, the we, we just haven't been able to either find the right place or we found the right place and it's too expensive for us. So one of the things that I've been on my agenda for the last few months is trying to connect with uh, Australian actors who understand the power and benefit of improv training who may have found great success in Australia or overseas and accumulated some you know personal wealth that they feel uh, now like they might be in a position to endow the school with either a fund that could help us find our own home or either or they might have a connection to some place that has space available that we could you know put our school and theater into and really start to um, thrive as a community in one venue consistently so you know that could be people like Russell Crow or Rebel Wilson or Rose Byrne who's super funny you know Hugh Jackman Nicole Kidman Chris Hemsworth Sam Worthington <laughs> Eric Brana Andrew Denton I'm talking to you guys <laughs> and if you know them you know I want to meet them and, and have a conversation because because I think you know they would certainly understand you know that what we're trying to build here and what we are building and what we have built is is awesome and you know this is kind of like the big hurdle between um, us and the next level of greatness yeah. Mate, that's a powerful list. I usually like to say, oh, I, I see what I can do here, but I'm not trying to do that. Um, well, I, I will say, like, you know, um, one of the things that caught my eye last year was, um, so Rebel Penfold, you know, was in the news quite a bit where she got, she was um, suing, I can't remember if it was Gawker Media, but there was some kerfuffle in the press and she 
was suing them for defamation. I think it had to do with um, about her age and not being able to get work and things like mm -hmm. that. And she won the lawsuit. And at the time, she said she was going to donate all the proceeds, all the winnings from that lawsuit to support uh, arts uh, in back in Australia. And I was like, me, 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 you know, like, yep. uh, and I was frantically trying to find a way to connect to her and I, I never did um, subsequently the lawsuits back in the courts so the money may not be available but but yeah you could, you could put rebel at the top of the list if you want <laughs> I'll put I'll put rebel down mate in your um in your endeavors to connect with amazing people and uh, in the different roles that you've had do you have any tips or tricks for people in terms of you know networking and and skills sure I mean look I think um, the first thing I'd say is just be authentic and be real and be yourself. Don't try and oversell. Don't try and be someone you're not. Um, just be open and honest and, like I said, as authentic as you can be. Um, the other thing, too, is like right now we live in a, an age where it, you can probably get to just about anyone, right? Whether it's through LinkedIn or networks, you know, network effects. Like uh, I, I can get to Rebel, for example, but the way that I could get her to her isn't what I felt the strongest and best way, mm -hmm. but I could. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think the point there is that, you know, the way the world is now and the technology that exists, you know, you can get your message in front of the right people probably with a little bit of cleverness and technology. Um, so I'm a big fan of LinkedIn uh, and some of the tools and programs that have been built around LinkedIn to help people build networks and, um, you know, get their message in front of people. And, I think stuff like this as well, just um, saying yes to opportunities to put yourself out there, That whether that's being on a podcast with somebody you just met like you or um, a, a talking gig at a place or within an industry that you may feel you have no connection to, but you find one. Uh, saying yes to opportunities, I think, is, is another big secret because um, I, I have this expression I really love, which is people who say no to things live in the comfort and security of their known world. People who say yes, go on to have glorious adventures and open open doors they didn't know exist. And so that's, I think, a personal philosophy of mine, which is just, you know, as much as possible and within reason, say yes. Say yes. And yeah, I was reading right. on your website, <laughs> my flatmate's got a company called Yes And oh, that right. he's built off the back of improv. So a little bit of a side question. What's, what's something that you've learned from improv that's really been super beneficial to you in your business world and in your connecting with people? Oh, man, so much. I mean, a huge part of the, the work that we do and the professional, professional development side of the, of the business is all around um, helping people learn to be better communicators is, you know, first thing. Like if you think about it, we're all taught how to read, we're all taught how to write, we're all taught how to speak, but no one teaches you how to listen. Mm -hmm. So certainly improv turns you into what we call it act, being an active listener, like using all your capabilities and facilities to, to really tune into people. Um, learning how to think on your feet, right? We talk about learning how to react and adapt and communicate when the unexpected happens. Uh, that's powerful. Uh, you know, everyone who comes through our program and through our school would say they find more confidence, find more authenticity. Uh, get comfortable with with who they are and what they bring to the world in a way that's just super lovely. And so, you know, all, all that stuff has helped me. In, in fact, that's what I fell in love with when I discovered improv in the first place. It wasn't uh, the comedy. It wasn't the performance aspect. Uh, it was really the soft skills that um, make us all better humans and help us thrive as a community. Beautiful. I love any any vibes around thriving communities and allowing people to unlock potential. 
uh, and I'm super keen to, to trial this out and, and yeah, get awesome. involved. Uh, have you got anyone who's passed away, whether it's been within your personal life or beyond, that you still draw inspiration from? Yeah, I think there's there's probably three people, actually. The first is a guy named Neil Lawrence. Uh, so um, Neil was a uh, quite a well-known advertising guy in Australia. Uh, he started an agency here called TBWA, or Wyman Lawrence TBWA. Uh, and he gave me my first job in Australia and um, and became sort of like a mentor to me. And, and then a friend after we stopped working together, we hung out socially and surfed together and hung out together. And he ended up moving, actually, directly behind me in Tamarama. So we got to spend a lot of time together that way. And um, he was just a really lovely man. And um, he died on a on a surf trip a few years ago. And he sort of, he's still around. Like he, when the last time we saw him, he was teaching himself to make sourdough bread. And uh, he brought over some sourdough and some other things to go with it to our house. And I still have the bowl that he left at our house because obviously he never came back for it. So that sits on a shelf and kind of reminds me of him and, you know, the the life that he had and how inspirational he was to me at that time. Um, the other person is a guy named Sean Brown. He was a really, really good friend of mine uh, who I also met from my advertising life. And he was, you know, this kind of lovable lunatic and, um, he, he and I and another friend of ours used to go on a annual surf trip down to Mexico. And, you know, it's about it's almost 10 years ago now um, that they went and I wasn't able to go. And it was on that trip that he actually snapped his neck, uh, you know, in a shallow surf break and and didn't it survived it, but was a quadriplegic for a while and then died from complications that arose out of that. And I think, you know, with Sean, like, you know, the, I think the big lesson for him is just to maybe not take life so seriously. He was great at that. Um, and I connect with him because I still have his old surf, his old longboard. Um, and uh, it's one that he bought here in Australia when uh, he came to visit me. He was living in LA. He came over here and we spent a month surfing up and down the east coast of Australia. And he bought that board here. And when I went back for the funeral, I was like, that's coming home with me. And uh and so I still have it, and, uh, and I take it out and ride it once in a while. And that's a really nice way to connect. Um, and and then the last person is um, someone that most people have never heard of, probably named Del Close. And Del Close is considered by many to be kind of the, one of the godfathers of long form improv. Uh, he um, wrote a famous book called Truth and Comedy, and he is sort of arguably the creator of one of the most famous long form formats called a herald which is probably what you see if you go to a long form improv show you'll see the performers doing what's called a herald um and he worked with and trained you know um, bill murray uh, amy poehler you know you name it any of those mm. famous comic actors in the world he probably trained them directly or influenced them directly and there's an annual uh uh festival every year in the u.s called the del close marathon uh, in honor of him and you know obviously with me being so involved in uh, improv with the school and a corporate training business you know he's someone that kind of whether I want him to or not he's a part of it you know mm -hmm. and, and I yeah. think he was he's someone that I would love to have been able to meet and talk with for sure amazing so yeah I guess he's influencing your business every day uh, and yeah some beautiful stories mate I think that's so powerful to still have those mementos from people who've been super important in your life to go to when you need to and sometimes mm -hmm. uh, is there someone who would be an absolute hero frother. Like who would be the mm -hmm. ultimate person that you would like to meet and take me to the first 15 minutes with them? 
Yeah, this is a really hard one because I feel like, you know, all the obvious things are like Richard Branson, Elon Musk, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, whatever, Steve Jobs. Like I and, you know, those are all people that I, I'd love to be able to have a coffee with. Um, but I think, you know, uh, the I had a hard I have a hard time narrowing it down to one. I just finished Yvonne Chouinard's book, Let My People Go Surfing, uh, the founder of Patagonia. And Patagonia was in the news a couple weeks ago about, you know, they got. 10 million i think it was 10 million dollar tax break due to some new regulations that trump's put into effect and they were like no screw that we're gonna pay our 10 million tax and we're gonna put it into protecting the environment so like yvonne's uh, you know that book i you know and what he's been able to create in his business is is pretty phenomenal um i just watched last night uh, a movie called free solo about alex honnold who's the first guy to solo climb uh, El Capitan in Yosemite yeah. National Park, yeah. which is you know one of the most challenging climbs in the world, and uh, most people who climb it, it takes them you know over f- like around four days. Like they literally sleep on the side of this granite cliff face and take three or four days to get up it. And he did it without ropes in just under four hours. Um, and you know the whole idea of like embracing fear and just moving forwards and uh, setting a goal and working towards it step by step and knowing knowing where your north star is you know i feel like there's a lot i could learn from someone like that you know just plus he's also really funny in the movie um but the person that i kind of landed on was a dude named manaj bargarva do you know who he is no so manaj bargarva is the founder of five hour energy drink mm-hmm. um which might be you know controversial for all it's like super caffeinated you know problems you know mm-hmm. but yeah. but he created those that little tiny small bottle of stuff that you see on the counter of just about every 7-eleven and convenience store in the world and um a lot of people don't know this but before he started that business he was a monk right and so he has this real soulful kind of side to him he created this tiny little like product literally tiny little bottle small idea and made it into this huge business that put him into onto the Forbes billionaire list a few years ago. He's 974 on that list. So he's far down as far as like, you know, the super wealthy elite go. But what I love about him um, is that he is using his wealth to have a tremendously positive impact in the world, much like Yvonne Chouinard mm-hmm. is with his business. Um, and he's set up a thing called Billions and Change. And there's actually a really cool documentary called Billions and Change about Manoj Bhargava. But he's focused on water and energy and agriculture and health. And like, um, I think it's it, what was cool to me is like, yeah, he's a billionaire and you know he's made a lot of money. But he's he's not as he's not he's not number one on that list or two or three. He's 974, right? And yet he's still able to impact a, a tremendous amount of positive change on the planet. And to me, that just is really inspiring and you know it's the kind of thing if you know if i was ever on that list that you know i'd be want to be doing something similar mm-hmm. and uh what would you ask him oh man i guess i i guess the 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 questions that are on my mind right now are kind of like around how do you do less and achieve more right because my days are so jam-packed i feel like i'm just doing 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 and uh, you know i'm reading things and listening to a podcast right now by a a guy called Dan Sullivan, whose business is called Strategic Coach. And one of the things he talks about on there is like that whole idea of do less, achieve more. And that's why I was asking you about interns before we started recording is like, you know, how do I, you know, what are the tools and processes and mechanisms and even mindset that I need to have to stop trying to do everything myself and start, you know, bringing more and more people into the fold and finding our, our, our fellow frothers and, you know, getting them to kind of, look at the big picture and the, and the big mission and, and 
you know, move things forward together rather than uh, struggling on my own or just constantly building and building my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could, if you could condense your many gifts into one workshop, what would it be and what would the name be? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's tricky. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is like, you know, I'm being asked more and more to do speaking gigs, you know, whether that's around founding businesses or what we've achieved with Zoop or Superannuation or uh, using improv as a tool for better communication in business. Like those are all things I'm being asked to talk about. And certainly that's an option. I guess if it was a workshop, then I would I would default to our improv training for business success workshop, mm-hmm. uh, which is a three hour workshop that we, it's probably the most popular workshop we run at, at LMA Professional Development. And it's basically we come in and we use uh, procedural knowledge and cognitive learning to uh, give people a, a new vernacular and a toolbox they can use to hold each other and themselves accountable and move forward uh, in a way that they might not have been able to before. And and the foundational piece to all of that is comes directly out of long form improv, which is um, different than long uh, than short form improv, which is what most people think of in Australia when they think of improv. You're probably going, oh, improv, whose line is it anyway? Thank God you're here or theater sports, right? And those are all great. They're all fun. They're all funny. Uh, but they all, like I said, come from a style of improv called short form. And it's called that because everyone on stage is using artifice and games and goofy characters and goofy voices to try and get as many laughs in as quickly as they can in as compressed a time period as they can. And on top of that, those shows are, you know, someone is, everyone's trying to be the funniest person on the show or the funniest person on the stage. Theater sports by design is competitiveness, and we all know competitiveness can breed ego and factionalism and clicks. So when people go, okay, I see all that, how does that silly stuff connect to my very serious business, right? And in, when it comes to short form, my opinion is that it doesn't. Um, and that's why what we teach and what we do is around long form. And the difference between short form and long form really is that instead of everyone trying to be their own star, with long form, everyone has each other's backs, right? We call it the ensemble philosophy. Mm-hmm. So if you and I step into step out onto stage together or we step into a business meeting together, my only job is to have your back, right? Mm-hmm. To make you look good, to support your ideas and your choices and your decisions. And if you fail or you make a mistake, to look for the good in that and extract that and take that somewhere where we can both succeed together. Mm-hmm. And I know if I make you look good, we're gonna look good. Mm-hmm. And I also know that you have my back and you'll do the same for me. And it might be two people, it might be eight people it might be a hundred people it might be a thousand people in an organization but if you can instill a culture of ensemble philosophy inside your business where everyone feels like they have each other's backs and is supported that's awesome and who doesn't want to show up for work every day into that environment Mm -hmm. versus one where you're afraid to share an idea or the first time you do someone tells you no because you can't afford it and Mm -hmm. ideas and energy are stilted and and um you know not encouraged so um so i feel like it's a long answer but the quick one is I would do improv training for business success. <laughs> That'd be the workshop. It's awesome, mate. Like, you know, a really uh, comprehensive answer and actually springing off many ideas in my mind about how we can collaborate. And we've already been chatting about some ideas on that as well. How can people uh, connect with you, mate? Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, the easiest way is just to go to my personal website, right? Because there's Zooper, there's LMA Professional Development, there's Laugh Masters Academy and a bunch of other things I'm into. So, but yeah, AaronThompson.com is probably the easiest way. E R A N. I'm a dry Thompson, no P. So T H O M S O N.com. Yeah, and there's a contact form there.
Awesome, mate. And before I let you go, uh, there's one thing that we like to do, which is connect frothers with frothers. And that person I want to connect you with, I actually changed it <laughs> midway through this. So my mum's cousin, so my second cousin, is a she was a really famous actress in Australia. I don't know, like the 90s, it would have been through the 90s and early 2000s. And I'm not sure if she's won the most awards at our Logies or, or whatever. But anyway, she's, uh, her name's Lisa McCune. So I'm going to connect you with her because she knows heaps of people. In she probably knows Rebel Wilson. Awesome. So I mean, and she might be able to just help you out as well. She does a lot of theatre now, and um, she's on a TV show at the moment with Peter Hellier. So um, yeah, I'll connect you guys up. You guys will froth away over a coffee, <laughs> and hopefully um, we can yeah get get you uh, ticking more boxes, mate. Because you're already ticking a thousand. <laughs> Thanks very much. That sounds great. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Uh, Cheers to uh, coming on and um, here's to finding more frothers. Right on. Thanks, buddy. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swimming me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You.